0: It's 49ers. Cutback podcast time. Alex, uh, the game is over. The 49ers got a big W. And at the same time, it feels like all hellfire and brimstone is coming down <laughs> in 49ers land. Uh, there is emotions all over the place. Everyone's
1: got uh, emotions are extremely high right yeah, now. You can definitely. see it from you can see it from chat. Uh, 49ers Twitter has been going absolutely insane since about the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, look, faithful. TCC hit the like button right now hit the subscribe um, button yeah if you haven't already if you haven't
0: seen that subscriber name that's on there that is one heck of a name so
1: that's for real there's I'm a-
0: sorry I saw it couldn't pass up just bringing it up uh, good times
1: there- there's a lot going on uh, look let's let's get into this um, let's go instant reactions and let's talk yeah. and focus on the actual gameplay itself right now let's not talk about some of the stuff we can get to that here in a little bit but Ant, how did you feel about the opening of this game obviously things don't go exactly the 49ers way right away Um, Were you nervous? Did you get a little panicky or did you end up settling back in um, after that opening drive fumble for the Niners?
0: I actually had zero panic the whole time. Uh, I thought that I was just going to wait and see how it went. You got the first game. There's always some sort of issues. You don't usually come on and just play an absolutely clean game. Uh, I didn't know if that fumble was on Jimmy Garoppolo or on Alex Mack. It wasn't clear from the replay that I saw. Um, Was it frustrating a little bit? Yeah, it was. I had faith in the defense that they were going to be able to get it done. Ultimately, you know, they played they played pretty well, especially early in the game. They did a very good job. I think the one area um, where they struggled, and you could tell that Kinlaw was missing, was in the interior run game. Uh, the 49ers were definitely missing. We knew that was going to be a point of emphasis from talking to Matt and also just going over what our keys to the game were, um, was stopping that inter- in- interior vertical run game of Detroit. And if they got it going, they were going to be able to take advantage of Goff's play-action pass, which he was able to do and get the ball to Hawkinson. So, I mean, to me, it wasn't too shocking early on, and I thought everything kind of settled down as we got through the first half.
1: I agree with you there. It definitely settled down once we got through that first half. Um, look, I, I just, I, I, I didn't get nervous, but I didn't like the start. Obviously, you don't get things going the way you want to. Um, the good news was the defense early on in this game, freaking phenomenal, just stout, not really giving up a whole lot of ground of anything you know, slowing down a very aggressive Lions team going for it on fourth in in short yard situations, you know, when they have an opportunity to just put three on the field. Uh, Luckily for us, the defense is able to get some pressure, get some sacks, push the Lions back, right? They miss a field goal and the Niners are able to go down and capitalize. Uh, Run game for the 49ers looks fantastic. It looks phenomenal. Mm. Um, I know Mostert goes down with an injury early, right? We don't get to see him out there. He gets yeah. his first two carries for 20 yards, and it looks like he's about to get about to get going and get rolling. Uh, but Elijah Mitchell comes in, steps in, and fills in very am- amicably for Raheem Mostert. Um, shows the speed, shows the powerful, power, powerful running. Something John yeah. Ch- Chapman talked about a lot with this guy um, going into it, right? The, the contact balance, being able to maintain balance with contact. He ran through a butt-ton of arm tackles. Um, this is something that we saw a lot of Elijah Mitchell in training camp. Um, and so when you see him in practice, it translate into a game against a, a team's first team defense. Um, thank God for that. That was great to see. It was wonderful to see. He did a wonderful job out in space. And then Debo Samuel, obviously for the entirety of the game, just feasted over the middle.
0: Yeah. Debo Samuel had himself a phenomenal game. Uh, it'll probably be marred a little bit by the fact that he had the fumble later on. Um, my, one of my favorite moments of the game is actually where Travis Benjamin's telling him to put the ball away, uh, showing him how to you know secure the ball. Uh, I'm, yeah, I thought Debo played very well. I thought it was there were some interesting things. You know, like the, way the fact Brian Ayuk wasn't very involved in the game plan at all. Um, at times, you wondered if he was actually there. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, but I mean, there were there were key moments, and I'm gonna say this: maybe I'm smoking some good stuff, and that's okay. Because you don't go 38 to 10 against an NFL football team unless you're playing very good football at points in the game. You mean was it's, there bad times the- in the game? Yes. Did the 49ers have moments they weren't playing good? Yes but you can't say it was a bad performance because you won a football game and at one point was leading 38-10. to 10. Um, I, don't, I don't care who you are. That's hard to do in the NFL.
1: Do you mean to tell me that what everyone's focusing on right now with the way the fourth quarter goes down, Ant, isn't the actual epitome or the even the story of what this game was and that we got to the fourth quarter, right, Verrett goes down with the injury, um, and it's looking like an ACL. I know Ernest just asked, is Verrett okay? It doesn't look that way. Um, when he goes down, he, it looked like he was sobbing, holding his knee sobbing, which isn't a good sign, then we come back from the TV timeout. He's walked, he walked off the field to the sideline. He didn't get card off. You and I both. Okay, that's a good sign. And he was walking back to the locker room. Okay, it's not a great sign, but at least he's walking and then all of a sudden stops. He's grabbing his knee. He's crying. He's sobbing. He needs help getting back the rest of the, the locker room. Um, Eric Davis on Twitter uh, basically stated that he just got off the phone with his boy who's Jason Verrett um, and he said, you know, he done. It's ACL. He's done for the season. So if that's the actually the case, um, you know, that's not great. But again 49ers fans right now it's it's overreaction right it's 2020 what happened last year you're compiling it into this year this means this it's done it's over we're toasted we're finished um i I hate to break it to y'all the lions came back on our second team defense yeah Uh, and it's funny because a lot of the people right now who are talking about how horrible that finish was were the same people who were talking about how we need to get the starters off the field um and you and i are both kind of like you know uh, we need to get these we need to keep our guys out there because momentum when Verrett goes down, momentum's not necessarily in your favor. You know, everyone's worried about Verrett. Everyone's worried about, you know, what this means for the secondary. And now you've got some bigger questions out there playing. You know, Goff and that offense can now start taking some chances and some shots, and they did, and they capitalized on it. And the Niners, at the end of that game, were really just playing to survive. They are just trying to play to survive that game out, you know, not give up the big play, yeah. make you t- take things underneath. Yes, Lions are going to move the chain, but do you have enough time, right? Do you have enough timeouts in your pocket to be able to push this thing down the field, uh, punch it in, and get a score? they get a lucky break on the on the kick right on the onside kick it bounces takes a weird hop off of George Kills face mask um they were just getting some rolls and some things went their way at the end of the game and the 49ers played it safe
0: yeah and you get into a fourth quarter situation like that and the defense is on the field continuously the pass rush is going to slow down mm-hmm. that's just the way it goes you already had the backups in you know on that pass rush it was you know it was Arden Key it was you know Cantavius Street sometimes um you were already a little bit into the depth and they, they were trying their best, but you were rushing four, you were dropping everyone else back, and you were playing coverage and trying to make tackles. I see someone talking about that in chat. Um, so, yes, that is what's going on. And then when you have these type of situations where you have the onside kick, the defense goes right back on the field. There's no rest. You know. And then you have the Debo fumble. Defense goes right back on the field. Um, I think what is what is good about it is the fact that, in the end, the defensive line closed this game out. Samson Ebucom got up into Goff's face. Nick Bosa pushed Penesol into Goff's face. And they were able to make plays. You saw Ford come back in the game for that last drive and put a little bit of pressure off the outside. He was gone for most of the fourth because they were resting him. So I, I see that there are areas in which they need to improve. I don't Definitely. think we came out of 2019's Tampa Bay game thinking the, thinking the 49ers were absolute world beaters, and they eventually worked it all out. So, yes, there was when you have a lead like that, you go into a lot of coverage, you know, and you're just going to make tackles underneath, try to keep um, you know, guys inbounds, and then let the clock run. It didn't work out because you had the mistake, like the onside kick. Because let's be honest, if George Kittle gets that, Game they one. run the ball three times. They use all their, you know, all their timeouts, and then you punt it, and and then it's lights out. The game's over. So there were things that didn't go the 49ers' way. I don't think this can all be put onto one person or one thing, um, or one strategy. I think that overall they executed early on, and we got to remember that besides Jimmy Garoppolo and Alex Mack exchange problem. Early on, the 49ers' offense was pretty much lights out early in this game. You had Dre Greenlaw with the pick six that kind of capped off what was an excellent first half. I thought overall everyone was feeling really great about the first half and the second half, and not so much the third quarter, but the fourth quarter is what is kind of um, changing everyone's opinion on how the game actually went and skewing
1: it a little bit. And look, it's okay to look at the fourth quarter and point out concerns. It's totally fine to look at the fourth quarter, Mm -hmm. see some of the things that happen, and be like, you know, those are problems. I agree with you. Um, But what happened in the fourth quarter was basically necessary risk. You as a defense allowing certain things because at this point you're just trying, you know know numbers are on your side. You don't need to put a lot of pressure, right? You need to make sure that they don't get the big play, give the things up underneath and make them work their way down the field. If they're going to punch the ball into the end zone for scores, if they're going to convert two point conversions, you don't have to play over the top. Um, And especially when Verrett goes down and you had some other guys that you're considering resting and not wanting to get out there because of the lead, you're, Tossing around different opportunities and different possibilities about how you're going to play now and how you're going to attack. Um, the big thing for me is, and this is the thing that's going to get lost now, right in this game. 49ers fans aren't going to be thinking about it. Talking heads aren't going to think about it. The run defense. The run defense struggled early in this game. it did. That was one of the bigger problems going on. and that's honestly, coming out of this game is my biggest concern with this team right now in this defense. Is the run defense being able to slow that interior inside run? This is an area that we thought, you know, the Niners had addressed. You got J- Javon Kinley, you got Maurice Hurst, you got Zach Curry, you got all these guys out there. Uh, but Maurice Hurst on IR to start. Javon Kinlaw not available today, and it showed a little bit. They were able to gash us up the middle, and honestly, that that is my biggest concern coming out of this game. It's not anything else. If Verrett's out, Verrett's out. It is what it is, right? You made the move for Josh Norman. They, they have brought in guys to try and insulate ourselves from injuries. The Jason Verrett thing sucks. It's not great, especially no. if it's an ACL. But the Niners have also freed up the cap space as well to be able to go make a move. So I trust that this team is going to make whatever decision they need to make going forward to address that cornerback issue and get it solidified coming into week three, hopefully, because I don't know if you necessarily, I don't know if it's, depending on where Josh Norman's at, right, and what he does in practice this week, I don't know if it's a big, huge concern or question mark yet heading into week two.
0: If Red is done for the year, which it appears he is, um, 100% you have to make a move now, because you need that person to come in and get into shape, whether that is True Font, if that's Richard Sherman, whoever that is that you need to bring in, somebody that you can feel comfortable with. Um, we do know we have Mosley, so I mean we'll have Mosley and Norman. The Norman signing looks absolutely huge at this point. Uh, it, it's unfortunate what happens to Jason Bray. It's kind of a freak thing, and I mean he's one, he's definitely one of my favorite players. And this is this is, this is, that was gut wrenching to see him, especially the fact that he was down crying. He knew what had happened. Um, he probably knew the season was over. He's felt this pain before, so that was hard. Uh, but you know what? In the end, you're right. The run defense need, is something that needs to get figured out. We we need to work on that and jimico ryan's did a very good job in this game at some points in the game hitting them was uh, run, run blitzes being able to bring safeties into the box and blitzing them up the middle blitzing linebackers to be able to help stop this run game um so he did a good job adjusting as the game was going on but unfortunately they were getting gashed a lot in the middle now what they would do was bend and don't break because when they got into a certain situation they would not break it down um but in the end they got it done they got the win it's not the perfect win that you wanted. It wasn't the 38-10 to 10 win that you were going for that you, you looked like you were going to get at one point. It wasn't there. Um, and But you you live to fight another day. And sometimes in the NFL, that's what it's about. You don't decide what teams are great football teams and what teams are going to win championships in week one. You decide that in the playoffs. The whole thing is a process. Every single game is like its own season. You have to get through the season, through the game, and win. And that's the most important thing. That's where championships are won, is when getting to the playoffs. It's not about winning in in week one, and anyone that thinks it is, they don't know what they're doing, they don't know what they're talking about. Um, week one is just a football game. You just have to win, you have to go 1-0. That's the most important thing. You try to get out as healthy as possible. And unfortunately, we lost one of the great ones today, but um, they're gonna have to recoup. They're gonna have to you know, get it together. And every single year, there's gonna be an injury. It's just the way it is in football. This is the NFL, and you just gotta overcome those injuries.
1: Correct, you have to try and find a way to do that. Um, it's just unfortunate. Um, you know, Brett has the history with the knee stuff, but it looked like everything was behind him. Um, he was looking good. He was moving fine. Uh, his confidence was sky high, yeah. as was this this team's confidence in him. That's why they brought him back in. That's why they made the deal and, and brought him in and signed him. Um, you know, he was trending towards having an all-pro year, um, and this is just a punch in the gut to everybody. And I get it. I, I really do. It, it really is. But you have to. This team is still too talented everywhere else for this for this to be the thing that undoes this team. Um, it's still too talented everywhere else. The Niners are going to have to address it. They're going to have to do something with it. Um, and the fan base, I mean, I, I get it. Everyone frustrated, that's fine. But I don't know what you can do if you're Kyle Shanahan or D'Amico Ryans to make it so that this isn't the case. There's really not a whole lot you could do. You could see what, the minute Verrett was off the field, you saw what happened. The minute, you know, Bosa, Ford, kent these guys weren't on the field when they put that second unit in. You saw what happened. Um, you know, you can't roll your twos out there, right? Your B team against someone's A team um, and if the A-team's hungry and they're executing, you can't expect your B-team to just come out there and just shut it down and just lock up the way your A-team does. There's a reason why your A-team, right, you're your starters are your starters, and your backups are your backups.
0: Well, uh, you, you couple that with the fact Alex, that you're running per event. That's they're running pre-event. They're not exactly putting the the second unit out there you know, and expecting them to make plays, and they're not running their normal stuff. They're just trying to make tackles inbounds and, and let the clock run. That's what you do when you have a big lead a and, lot of times. And
1: offensively, right, they're stacking the box, and you're just running it because you don't want to take time off the clock.
0: Yeah, and I mean Jimmy Garoppolo missed on the one to Debo Samuel that would have gotten a first down and extended the play this, that inside the drive. Point, yep. Um. So there there were opportunities there where the the offense could have helped, but whenever you have forty one points, you have enough points to win a football game. Correct. Defense has got to slam the door on them, uh, and the game got out of hand. It was some of it was you know, weird stuff with the special teams. You know, with George Kittle not getting the ball. There are weird circumstances to this, but they they got to clean it up. I mean that's the thing. Uh. Yeah. I I've heard the I have seen somebody say something about a loss. Uh, uh
1: mayoko said this felt like a loss um no it's it's a w you can feel it can feel like a, you can right you can you can take the fourth quarter on its own and just look at the fourth quarter of that game yeah and that's how you come away with that if the only thing you're looking at is the fourth quarter of this game and what happened right the lines coming back the injuries that were sustained um and then people just feeling like shanahan didn't make any right decisions whatsoever then yeah i can see how you can come out of this game feeling like it was a loss this was a dominant performance for the 49ers for three quarters and about you know Six, seven minutes of that fourth, uh, and then they played safe.
0: But I think they played safe early. I think, it, think was like it was one even one fourth quarter. Yeah. Like the whole fourth quarter. The whole fourth quarter. They were pretty much playing it safe, letting things happen underneath, just trying to make tackles. Um, apparently, you just have to be in good shape uh, to play football. Um, but, yeah, it, I think that that is the main thing that was going on in this game. But if you watch the game, 49 did enough to win. They won the football game. That's what it comes down to. Um, big ups to Detroit for how they played, and Dan Campbell, you know, encouraging his team to keep it going. And they kept battling. They kept fighting. Um, They took advantage of, you know, check downs and hitting the running backs out in the flat and the running backs were making plays out in space. Um, Those were those were good things for Detroit. I didn't think Detroit looked bad. I thought overall um, they played a lot better than I've seen them play in the past. I thought it was inspired. I think they'll they'll make more noise this season. They are not on the level, of the 49ers and the 49ers shouldn't have let them get closer in this game. Um, but it was some of it was, you know, the plan. The 49ers probably won't sit back and let this happen again. They probably will learn from that and say, you know what, we can't make this sort of adjustment, but everyone's gonna have to be okay with the 49ers playing their starters longer into the football game. Um, because if you do put the guys the backups in and you start running a pre-van defense, uh you could have this sort of thing happen. That's how leads dissipate. Correct. Um and that's why when everyone was freaking out the starters were still in the game, I was waiting to see what was gonna happen because Kyle Shanahan and them know what's gonna happen. I think the varette. Uh, injury made them change their mind and go ahead and go all backups. And that's why you got Omri Thomas, you know, getting beat. Deometer Lenore wasn't even in the game anymore. It was Omri Thomas. True. Um, so there there were opportunities for Detroit and they made plays. Cephas made some great catches.
1: I, got some, yeah. uh, I saw Crocker talk about it, but before Crocker had even said anything about it, I, I, you and I were sitting there and I was talking about it to you. His body control with that lower half when he's up in, up in space, moving towards the sideline is incredible. He's got cr- incredible body control. The, the fact that on a few of those, he was able to, contort his body and extend his legs back into play to get two feet in bounds on, on a couple of those different catches. One of them on Verrett that ended up not counting, right? Cause he stepped out of bounds first. Um, I, I thought, I thought he did an incredible job. Uh, I, I tip my hat to, to Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell got the, has these guys. There's no quit in this Alliance team No, whatsoever, none, none at all. And you know what they're there. It's going to take them a little bit of time to get themselves into a better position but they they may have themselves something there they have they may have they have the foundation of at least of something building there
0: they they're doing a good job of improving the front the front seven uh, it, it's a lot better. what they have to do is improve the back end a little bit and I think they'll be then they'll be a lot better but um yeah, um that was pretty funny what Steven said
1: what he said uh, he,
0: he said did they get the win yes, but what did it cost them everything everything um yeah,
1: I don't know about everything, but it is a big. It's a big blow. It's
0: not. It's, it's not everything, but it's how you feel when you lose a player of Jason, Jason Brett's caliber. caliber. Absolutely. It was the same thing that happened with Nick Bosa. When Bosa went down last year, it felt like you lost everything. But that is not the actual case. You have 53 guys on your football team. You're not going to have anyone that's going to be as good as Jason Brett. That is 100% accurate. And It There's was a, no, it was a yeah. huge blow, and now you're taking a loss there. But what you have to do is figure out a way to make it happen. I know people hate when you say next man up, but that is a real thing in football locker rooms.
1: How How many 49ers players are going to say next man up?
0: Under of every one of them, <laughs> every single one of them will say how bad it is, how bad they feel for Jason I, I, and everything, but next man up.
1: It's true. And I think we're going to have a very interesting conversation with face off this week as well. I think face off is going to get a little heated.
0: Yeah, I would guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the group chat would allow that to, yeah, that's going to be true.
1: It's going to be heated, uh, heated tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. I can, I can promise you that. Uh, but come back Look, I, I get it. I, I understand it. Um, You know, Megan said deep breath at the very start of the stream. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Deep breath. You have to take a deep breath because all you can all you can control as a fan is nothing. All you can control is what actually what happens, the results. And as a coaching staff, all you can control is you know what's in front of you. You can't yeah. control players getting injured. You can't control guys going down with things. Um, those things are uncontrollable circumstances. You could get them off the field, and that removes the, right the the risk. But it also opens you up for areas of attack and and areas to you know weaken your team and other areas and other aspects as well. Um, th- this was not a situation yet where I felt Verette at that time needed to come out. Um, you know, th- it was still wasn't one of those things where, you know, this game was completely nail in the coffin. There was still hope for Detroit. It was just very minuscule hope, right? And you, what you wanted out of that drive, that specific drive, was to get the ball back and then be able to go down the field and put another field goal on the on the on the board, right? And get yourself to that forty-four ten range, and then this thing would have felt like it was just. Gone, gone. It there was no no chance whatsoever. And there's even less time. You would have had, you had a situation potentially with the Lions getting the ball back with under ten minutes left and being down 30 plus points. Um, that's what this I think that was the idea was to get one more series out of these guys, and unfortunately it happens one series earlier than Kyle Shanahan and Demico Ryans would like to see it happen.
0: I wonder if they change their thought process on how they close out games if they go to this prevent, you know, prevent defense. Or if they keep attacking on offense and defense, I wonder if they will reevaluate that. Um, they might. I, I think they might do that. Yeah, I, you know, and people are bringing up Philly next week, and yeah, Philly's going to be uh, Philly's going to be interesting because they have some fast receivers.
1: That's for sure. And, and, and Jaylen, that's where
0: you're going to miss uh Jason Brett is because he's got the speed to stick with him.
1: And Jalen Hurts, right, mobile quarterback, he's going to be out there. He's going to be able to move around and potentially extend stuff. Um, you know, I, I here's the good news. I, I liked what i saw out of nick bosa today i loved what i saw out of d4 today samson ebukong whether he was working inside or working outside looked phenomenal as well uh, armstead had his moments and had his flashes also contavia street had his moments where he looked solid as well um dre greenlaw for the most part other than a few uh, running on uh, um, some running plays taking some bad angles i felt other than that he had a pretty solid game um and al Shair. al after that that first series was a little suspect it was a little sus after that first series. Alshair stepped up in a big way.
0: Oh yeah, Alshair played very good. He was a, a solid tackler. So was Dre. Um, the linebackers overall were tackling everything. You know that was they were ca- letting them catch the ball, but tackling them. You know um, without letting them break any tackles, getting extra you know yards. I thought that, that they played pretty well. I thought the D line played pretty well. Um, they just it, it's really going to be marred by that fourth quarter. We all wanted that big victory. That big victory would have made everyone feel good, especially if if Jason wouldn't have got hurt. Then I think everyone could have felt really good about this win. Now you don't come out of it feeling, you know, gray. You come in with some sort of concern, even though there's a W, there's still a cloud hanging over the W. And that's unfortunate. Um, but you 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 know, you you can talk about it for a little bit, but then you have to move on. And and that's what stinks is I guarantee you John Lynch and them are already trying to figure out what they're gonna do in the cornerback position. Whether that Norman is is the answer right away, or if it's De'Ametre or Lenore, somebody's gonna have to step up. And the crazy part is we don't know what is the status of Emmanuel Mosley.
1: That's that's the worst part. So here's the official update. There is no there is no official report that Jason Verrett has torn his ACL. Uh, but per Sh- per Shanahan, he's fearing the worst. Verrett needed a cart to get up the rest of the tunnel, so he wasn't able to walk Makes all the sense. way back on his own. Um, Shanahan fearing the worst. It's looking and trending towards an ACL. He's obviously going to get an MRI. I know he's told people Verrett has, he told Eric Davis that it wasn't his ACL and that it's torn. Um, MRI is going to basically confirm Verrett's fears, right? The 49ers biggest fears and the fan base's biggest fears right now, because this is what it feels like, right? It feels like, was this all really worth it? Uh, no, a big win and a loss of Jason Verrett, but you're right. Ant. Um the season can't die off one play. The season can't die off one player. The 49ers have to rally. The coaching staff is going to have to rally. The front office is going to have to rally and find a way to not replace Verrett because you can't replace what he can do on the field, but find a way to adjust and adapt this roster to make sure that this team and the season doesn't fall apart because we're missing one of our stars on the outside.
0: Yeah, I see Jerry Cernan said, Kyle said, Sherm is a possibility. Time will tell. Yeah, I think if there was ever a possibility to get Sherm in the building, this would be it. Um, You get him in there and you get some depth. You know, you got Norman, you've got Mosley, you've got Diamond Lenore, but I don't think we feel real comfortable after that. You bring Sherman in now and and you go ahead and roll with him. If if Dante Johnson was going to be an active member of your roster, you'd rather have Sherman than than Dante Johnson. Um, So that is definitely a possibility now. I'm sure the phone calls already went out. Sherman's probably already stretching his legs, um, getting ready. No, I'm just, I I think they will take a a minute and and think about this thing, but. Um, they're gonna they're gonna give him a call I wouldn't even be surprised if they don't call true font as well just Sherman makes the most sense because he already understands the offense so he I mean defense so he can get out there and play right away um of course you'd have to work him in you'd have to work him in so um yeah. but I, I think we all can agree that Omri Thomas isn't ready D'Amazonor looked good pretty much but he wasn't targeted very much
1: they didn't th- they didn't go his way as much as I was expecting them to
0: yeah I, I was did expecting
1: too. more more targets at, at him and in fact there was more of, more of targets going towards verette side of the field than there was demos which is a little surprising for me uh but you know what it it is what it is megan thank you for the 499 super chat thanks for being realistic guys and not going from (laughs) zero to 100 with all the emotions on to focusing on next week here's the funny part right this is usually my thing is the emotions running at an extreme high rate and all i kept feeling and thinking during all this was man this all sucks but the team overall has still played really, really well. Like I, I know, I know Verette going down is is terrible. But up to that point, right with with as much time as had gone through this game, we had not had not given them a whole lot. I mean, they had at that okay. point in time two Thanks, drops, right? So True Font signed Simon the Saints. Saints.
0: All right, thank you. I appreciate that. I did not know that.
1: Yeah, and Stephen, you're correct there. Thank you for the Jimmy Ward restructure. That Jimmy Ward restructure now is is huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge, and you know. You obviously, if you were the 49ers, the idea and the purpose behind the restructure wasn't this. It wasn't this. It wasn't to try and find a replacement for Jason Verrett, but that's what it's going to end up being now.
0: It could be. I mean, it all depends on what, how they feel about Norman and the depth behind. Uh, and where Emmanuel Mosley is, because we don't know how what his status is with his hamstring. We have no idea. I mean, mm-hmm. coming into the week, I think the belief was that at some point, Emmanuel Mosley was going to be out there practicing and then being able to play, and that just never happened. Whether that is them thinking they could win without him against Detroit because of the receivers that they have, or if that is you know, an actual real problem for him, uh, that's going to be addressed this week. And if, if the 49ers feel like Mosley's not going to be ready to play, they're going to have to go sign someone like tomorrow. I mean, they're going to have to get someone you know, out there in a hurry because they're going to need quite somebody cool. else to come play you know, and have, just to have depth. Um, because I, I don't think they want to run into a situation where you have the two rookies out there playing together.
1: No, I don't want that. I, I don't want that at all. And look, Dante Johnson went out there today and didn't look in, incredibly fantastic. Yeah, uh, It didn't look great for, from DJ. So you're going to need to address something here quickly. You're going to have to do it fast. Um, who who the name is, I don't know. Sorry, T.O. <laughs> oh, the, the earlier comment, make sure the locker room door. Yeah. yeah, That was a good one. That, that was pretty solid. It was pretty It was pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to worry about that. Lynch has already said, right, they're going to support Sherman everywhere. That's probably one of the ways that they'll support him there. Um, but, man, I, it's just sombering, right? It's, it's, it's sombering. It brings 49ers fans down to earth a little bit um, and how quickly, how quickly things can shift yeah. in the NFL. Uh, that's the big thing to take from this. Um, this is why, you know, while it was going on, they didn't see us putting out – we weren't putting out a lot of tweets about how, uh, you know, I can't believe they're not pulling the starters right now. I can't – because things can shift in the NFL on a dime very, very quickly.
0: It, it can switch in football in, in a hurry. Very I mean, true. Momentum's a real thing. Absolutely. You know, you're, you're one play away from everything changing. And you get something going downhill, and all of a sudden it just picks up steam, and it just rolls. And that's what happened with Detroit. They got it rolling, and they just, they just never look back. So, you know, I don't get too up and down. I try to stay pretty calm during the games. So I think that's the, the coach in me. Um, and then when I was watching, I also wasn't going to let anything, you know, blow me out as far as the injuries. I think if we'd have lost multiple players, uh, yeah, I would have been really concerned if we'd have had multiple injuries that were, you know, season ending like we did against the Jets last year. That that would have really, really um, been a blow. The Verrett one sucks. It stinks. It, it, it hits me hard. It hurts. Um, as somebody that I wanted to see do well because I think he's a good guy and he deserves it. He bet on himself this year, um, took less money because he knew that a big contract was coming in the future. Now that big money might not be there. Mm-hmm. And and that is, that is the most gut-wrenching thing to me. And not not what he was going to do for the football team, but what was going to happen to this guy personally. Um, because, yeah, he's made a lot of money, but he was about to change his family's life with the money that he was going to make.
1: Talk, yeah, we're talking generational, generational wealth for him, money. for him and his family for and the rest of their lives. the
0: fact that he's been through the grind of all these ACL injuries and he had made it back and was playing back at an all-pro level. Uh, that part is gut wrenching.
1: Hundred percent. It's hundred uh, percent gut wrenching. It's it's frustrating. Um, yeah, Tommy, that was it was absolutely terrible. Um, no, Jeff Wilson, I don't think can come back week three. I think he is out. I think he, they said week six.
0: Yeah, it's week six. Week six was, is where it, he was where it on was. the he was on the pup. Yeah, so it's I'm, different than the short-term IR. Yeah. Uh,
1: there's there's still na- right. – got to think with Kinlaw potentially hopefully coming back here sooner rather than later, that hopefully. will help this run defense out a little bit. It will also help the pass rush a little bit at times as well. Hearst is going to be coming off of IR at some point in time. They said a month, so maybe before we get to week four. That's going to help the depth and things of that nature. Um, I saw someone mention it earlier, trading – they said street. But is that an option now for the 49ers with Verrett going down? would dealing one of these defensive linemen to bring in a cornerback does that seem plausible to you no not at all
0: no because your strength is your defensive line the one thing that can mask your problems in the secondary is a is a great defensive line let's not go weaken our rotation of defensive linemen to imp- improve a position that's you know how much are you going to improve it are you going to get Stephon gilmore for a kit for contavia street no you're not
1: isn't it i think too isn't he on the pup list officially for i don't the, know but if, I, if he's on the pup list, that's eight weeks
0: yeah i don't i don't know i don't know what what is going on there but i don't think there's any any way we're going to get a big time corner for like a Cantavius street um no. we're gonna have to give a lot more than that and i don't think they're ready to do that i, I guarantee you early on in the season the next couple of weeks they're trying to roll with who they got or bringing someone like a richard sherman off the street that is what they're rolling with. They're not. They're not going to go break the bank for a corner. If we get to like week six, there before the trade deadline, and they, they decide that you know they have to have a guy to put us over the edge, and there's somebody out there being floated, um, then you go make that move and you you live you know live with it, depending on how your team is playing, and if you believe that corner is that one guy that you need. But uh, I just don't. I don't think you do it right now. You're you're going to try to play it out. You're going to try to see what happens.
1: True. Um, that is very true. Running back him Mostert also left the game with a knee injury. Um, it's not an ACL injury per Kyle Shanahan and the training staff. For who? For Raheem Mostert. It's not an ACL. Okay. So Mostert is not going to it's – not, it's not an ACL there for Mostert, which means you could be looking at something that's as simple as some sort of sprain. Um, he could be out a week or two. It could be longer than that. Um, time will tell. They're going to obviously do some testing on him and see where he's at and see how he feels. Um, you know, Hopefully we can get this guy back because, uh, you know, Trey Sermon being a healthy scratch today was a little odd. Um, did not expect that at all whatsoever. That was definitely one of the big surprises heading into this game. Raheem Mostert goes down early and you're starting to get thin at that running back room. And it's like, oh boy, um, uh, you know, obviously Trey Sherman will be back. He'll be coming back into the fold. Uh, but hopefully, right. Um, hopefully Raheem Mostert's going to be able to be okay and be able to get, you know, healthy and stay healthy because this has been the big knock on him now. This is the second straight year. Now, first couple weeks of the season that we're missing Raheem Mostert for a significant time and we just don't need it.
0: Yeah. So Tommy says Street was exposed, DJ Jones was exposed. Need to get way better. Um, p- explain the exposed part. Yeah, um because they were they were eating double teams, mm-hmm. and they were trying to stop the you know the ball at the line of scrimmage. We had linebackers that weren't able to get there at the contact point. Linebackers are supposed to fill those spots. Your defensive ends are playing a wide nine, which means there are going to be running lanes established. It had less to do with the guys playing on the inside. And more to deal with the the scheme, and then overall how it was executed by the linebackers.
1: They did not. I, I, this was not a great performance overall by the linebackers in the interior run game. Everything else, well, they seemed fine.
0: They were getting tackles and stuff onto them because they were able to double team on the interior and then use fullbacks to help as well. I can't wait till we get into the film study of this because I think we're going off instant reactions sometimes. Um, are there moments where guys don't play good? Absolutely. Correct. There are moments everyone has bad plays but let's not forget that Contavious Street had his first sack of his career today. Yep. Um, let's not forget that he was in Goff's face a few times in this football game, which is impressive for a guy like him that's predicated mostly on power and not exactly known for his pass
1: rush. Correct, and let's also... Can we can we give some... Uh, someone had brought it up earlier, the the lack of holding calls. Uh, pretty much almost every single Nick Bosa pass rush uh, and Samson Ebicom on the interior when he was in there, D Ford on the outside, I, I saw... Six or seven different plays where there was a fat holding call that wasn't called for the 49ers. The refs were really, really letting a lot of things slide on the interior today, and that pass rush was still able to get a lot of pressure. That's not going to hold up all season long. Uh, Bill Belichick is watching this game against the Detroit Lions and taking a lot of notes about that officiating crew. Not a lot of holdings called. Good to know, good to know, yeah. good to know, because they were letting them get away with a lot. There was a lot of outside hand placement on Nick Bosa and D Ford and Samson Ebucom. Um, from the tackles for the entirety of the game, I'm talking initial contact was here on the shoulders, grabbing outside, outside the numbers, which typically almost always gets a, th- a flag thrown right away. Like that's one of the big things that I've always noticed with NFL officials, right? if They see the hands outside the shoulders, that flag comes out. Even if it's for a split second, they throw that flag today. They were letting a lot of things go.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think you're right there. There were probably some missed calls there. Um, and that's going to happen from game to game. You just Correct. fight through it and you just push. All you can um, do. There were moments where Jared Goff had too much time, mm-hmm. but some of that could be also our expectations for this defensive line may be a little bit over the top uh, for week one. Um, when you have a guy like D Ford, a guy like Nick Bosa that haven't played very much football during the offseason. Um, they're definitely not you know full strength. And I thought both of them looked good. What was nice was seeing D Ford be able to use not just the um, outside speed, but also the power to actually push the tackle into Jared Goff. Absolutely, I mean he's the reason for the interception by Drake Greenlaw. Uh, Goff is not able to step in. the The ball gets completely, you know, fluttered, and Greenlaw makes a great play and and takes it to the house. Um, but it, it doesn't happen without D Ford making that play. And then later on, D Ford actually has the play where he jumps inside and gets held, um, and and stops that Detroit drive. So he looked good today.
1: Uh, Caleb, you're actually not wrong. In fact, someone in chat already did that. To it said that this game doesn't get out of hand if they just put Trey in and taking Jimmy out. So someone had actually already made that comment. Uh, don't worry. There's gonna be tons of those types of comments. Uh, all throughout the Twitter sphere, everyone, Um, you know, everyone right now wants to find someone to put the blame on for what happened. And I don't know why the immediate reaction for a lot of people is that putting blame somewhere. I felt overall, obviously it's not the, the, the finish that 49ers fans wanted, but in terms of execution for most of that game, other than the run defense being a little shaky at times, this was a pretty solid performance by the 49ers. There's obviously a lot of things to clean up. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this was perfect by any means because it wasn't. Uh, and any time a game is is, you know, played, whether you win by a lot or a little, there's always something to look at, diagnose, digest and and run with it, right? And I mean, Ant, you've watched me coach basketball. I mean, you've heard me say to my teams, you know, certain games, certain situations, right? I would rather you lose then we win the the way that we just won. Because I feel like you're not going to learn anything. I've said this to my teams before, and it's heard me say this to my teams. Mm. So there's times where I go that route. I'm not even anywhere near that boat right now. This is not a situation where I feel the Niners did anything necessarily wrong. Things happened. Some things didn't go your way, and I liked the adversity of this team to continue fighting despite the things mounting not in their favor. Balls not going their way, right, bouncing. Guys going down with injuries late, trying to keep protect the health of your guys while also just trying to run out the clock and just get yourself out of here with a W without any more or without sustaining any more like craziness happening. Um, I, I I feel you did everything you possibly could to come out of this game on top and not lose too much. Yes, we lost for Red This sucks. But I got to tip my hat to the coaching staff for doing everything they possibly can to get us out of here and get as many people healthy out of here as possible.
0: Early on in the year, um, you don't want to suffer any losses. So if you can get out of a game with a win on a game where you have a lot of things you need to clean up, you feel fortunate, and then you can also work on those things. George Kittle's not going to miss another onside kick. You know what I mean? He's not going to do that. Debo Samuel's going to put the ball away next time, and he's not going to fumble. Those things aren't going to happen. Correct. Alex Mack and Jimmy Garoppolo are going to fix the quarterback exchange. D'Amico Ryans is going to look at what happened in this game and realize that we can't go to the prevent this early. Kyle Shanahan is going to look at it and be like, you know, we need to attack a little bit longer. We need to be more aggressive longer. We need to leave our starters in longer. Um, all these things are going to evaluate and they're going to adjust. If you get a loss, you still have a loss and you still have to adjust all those things. You got to win. Enjoy the win. Move on. Was it the way you wanted to win? No. But you know what is going to leave them all hungry to win another another one next week. They gotta win. They're going to be together. Um, they're all they're they're not traveling back to the West Coast. They're staying in West Virginia. They're going to be excited. They're going to be working towards winning this game, and they're going to want to prove um, that what happened in the fourth quarter is is not what their team is about. That they are a, one of the best teams in the NFL, and they're going to go out and try to prove
1: it against Philly. They're going to have to. They're going to have to go out there and, and prove it against Philly, and it's going to be a tough call. Um, and we did get to see a little bit of the Shanda plan today. Not a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, Um, it's obviously scaled back. It was way scaled back, and they're obviously protecting Trey a little bit with the the finger. They didn't want to put him in too many situations. But you got him in there in the red zone, and you were able to get a a nice touchdown pass out of him to Trent Sherfield. So the Madden simulation did get something right. Trent Sherfield did catch a touchdown pass, except it just wasn't a deep one. It was a beautiful route on the outside, right? A nice little cowboy-esque route i guess you want to call it Ant, or the the as my coach used to call it the zig i'm running inside on the slant no i'm not i'm going outside and scoring a touchdown uh beautiful route by trent shurfield trey puts it on a dime we got to see that so a little bit of the shannon plan today um put trey in situations to run the football a lot of draws as well um it was just funny because you could tell that there was a lot of protection going on for trey lance because on that third down and long they were showing pressure they were bringing pressure i was expecting maybe there to be a kill and get into some sort of pass option, and then just come up and run the yeah. draw anyway into the, the pressure that's coming. Um, so they're just protecting him, but it kept it did keep Detroit off their toes because they prepped all week for Trey Lance doing a lot of different things, and you only got to see three or four snaps out of Trey Lance today.
0: Yeah, I like the fact that he threw the ball when he got into the red zone with Trey. Um, his first throw is on a dime. Trent Sherfield runs an absolutely fantastic whip route and gets wide open. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, and then the, the, you know, the 49ers offense clicked all day. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo did a good job of getting the 49ers into the right plays. Uh, the Elijah Mitchell touchdown is a play he cans. Uh, he motions Jawan Jennings across the formation, sees exactly what the defense is going to do, cans the play to the run play, which is the sweep to the outside. Um, and then George Kittle, Jawan Jennings, and those guys on the edge make absolutely fantastic blocks. And Elijah Mitchell does what he has to do and gets it to the house. Um, those are the kind of things and advantages that Jimmy Garoppolo gives you that we didn't have last year with Mullins and Bethard. Um, they didn't always get us into the right plays, especially in run run situations. Jimmy Garoppolo did that today. He, he took advantage of those situations. And it was nice. Did he play an absolute clean game? No. But he played a really good game, over 300 yards um, passing. And I thought overall he looked very good, and I was very happy with that. I think we need to see an expanded role from Trey, but I'm guessing it's because they were trying to protect him somewhat. There will be moments where he's going to come in and play well. You see that both quarterbacks can produce for this football team. And you know what, Alex, the wide receivers, they they took care of business today. Whether it was Jawan Jennings blocking, Mohamed Sanu making a clutch third down catch, uh, Trent Sherfield making plays down the field, and Debo Samuel pretty much doing it all. It seemed like they were all getting involved, minus Brandon Nayuk. But I haven't got to see the All-22, so I don't know if he's being bracketed. I don't know if he's being doubled. I don't know if Kyle's using him completely as a decoy in this game, because we know Kyle will use guys that way. Um, but overall, I, I was excited about those positions, and George Kittle was just doing George Kittle things.
1: Correct, and and look, they didn't do a whole lot with Kittle early in the game. In the second half, started the second half, they really kind of feed Kittle the ball a little bit and help get that first drive going in the second half. Kittle yeah. making some big catches and some big opportunities. Um, but the the, the Brandon Ayuk discussion on Twitter and on some of the my fantasy football leagues is is absolutely hysterical because people are freaking out. Um, he's in the doghouse. He's getting the Dante Pettish treatment. Um, you know, this is a situation, obviously Trent Sherfield. Uh, obviously Brandon Ayuk just didn't impress in the last few days of training camp. And that's why the situation is going on. It's like, did everyone forget that he's coming off of a hamstring injury? Has anyone, anyone thought about that? I mean, you, do, do you think that Kyle Shanahan who spent time in Atlanta and spent time with Julio Jones, who dealt with a lot of hamstring injuries in his career in Atlanta, including years with Kyle Shanahan there, um, isn't, isn't aware of the lingering effects of a hamstring on a wideout. And a guy who's supposed to be one of your More explosive deep threat wide receivers. That's what all it seemed like to me was just that today, because there were situations where they had Ayuk on the field running deep routes out in space and literally pulling. It looked like a safety or two with a corner over the top, and they were bracketing him and opening up the middle of the field for Debo Samuel. Um, you know, it felt like Brandon Ayuk was being used as a decoy and also not being utilized in every single snap or possession. I told you this in the first half; it felt like he played twenty percent of the snaps. So if he's only playing twenty percent of the snaps. You have to think. He was listed as wide receiver one on the depth chart. You have to think it's because they're trying to protect him. They knew they didn't need him to get the offense going today, and you realize we can get him out there sparingly in situations where they're going to bracket him, pull two guys, pull attention away, and we can hit other guys in other areas of the field.
0: Yeah, because if you're going to continue to like let Debo Samuel beat you over the middle like this, take it. you're going to take it. So eventually you're going to get a safety or something that's going to want to jump that route, want to be up in there, and then you're going to get that opportunity to hit Brandon Uke down the field. We talked about Debo being more of a vertical threat this year. Um, check, he did that. He pretty much did anything you wanted, whether it was reverses, catching the ball over the middle, the yak yards, um, the deep pass down the sidelines, making a great adjustment. I mean, he did it all. Uh, he had the one bad fumble, but other than that, he played pretty flawless in this football game. I thought sure. he made great plays. There were lots of opportunities for him to get the ball, and he took advantage of those. Uh, he was a, He was a savage today, and I was impressed by Debo Samuel. I was impressed overall. With the execution of the 49ers offense, especially from the end of the end of the first quarter all the way through the middle of the third.
1: Agreed with the air there, Ant. It was it was a very impressive performance by the 49ers offense. Um, this is a team we we, you know, I said would I would love it if this team could score 38 points a game, it'd be great. They're off to a great start right now, and they dropped the 41 bomb. My score prediction was 38 to 10. It was looking and trending towards me being accurate indeed. And then it goes a little sideways. And hey, you know what? It is what it is. Uh, but overall, again, look at the game in its entirety. Try not to focus too much on one situation, one play, one quarter, or even a portion of a quarter. Um, you know th- Those things are definitely concerns, but overall, start to finish. Um, this wasn't a terrible performance by the 49ers. There's definitely a lot of things to clean up, uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing what they do heading into week two.
0: Yeah, I think there's areas that need to be cleaned up. There's areas that need to be fixed. You're expecting an improvement next week against Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a different game plan against a different team with different personnel everything changes it's it's really is a difference uh yeah we play a season but each game is like its own season each game has its own ups and downs and trials and, and tribulations. you have to work your way through it not every game is going to go the way you want you're just trying to sneak out you know games with a w they need to make sure they they take care of business and get philly you know the philly wins they start 2-0 going into playing green bay at home so that's going to be a big game on the docket but there's still a lot to get into with this football game i can't wait during the week when we get to kind of break it down even farther because I want to get into all the X's and O's and and talk about some of the high points that the 49ers had in this game. I mean, yes, now now it's kind of the talk is all about what happened in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. But realistically, there was a lot of good football played by the 49ers early in this game. And it'll be fun to break into that and also get into some of the bad and why those things happen. So I'm excited for that.
1: So make sure you hop on over to Patreon because that all 22 film breakdown, as soon as the 22 film goes live, which I believe is supposed to be Tuesday, um, we'll be able to get that out to you, get that breakdown going, uh, and that'll be a lot of fun there, as well as next Saturday, an all 22 film preview of the 49ers versus the Philadelphia Eagles, getting a look at that Philadelphia defense, how the Niners can attack it, as well as the Philly offense and what the Niners are going to need to do. And depending on what moves they make during the week, what that secondary is going to need to show uh, heading into that game so make sure you hop over to patreon if you want to see those all 22 film breakdowns and make sure you su- subscribe just like pelham 74 just did the newest member of the cutback crew welcome we love having you here tcc we always love the support um i know things are crazy right now but hey it is what it is the 49ers find a way to come out of this thing with a w a lot of things to fix a lot of questions now heading into week two and. But that means also a lot of great content coming out this week.
0: Yeah, there's lots of stuff to talk about, breaking down the X's and O's, breaking down all the situations. Um, you know, cause everything, unfor- every- And this is an unfortunate part of being a coach, is everything is going to be second-guessed. Mm-hmm. Every single thing Kyle Shanahan did, whether it was good or bad, is going to be looked at. Every single one of these players have to execute the game plan. Some of them did. Some of them made mistakes. Um, but there's always a lot of stuff to talk about. And we'll see if this team oh, improved. Yeah. If the 49ers played the same way that they played, This week, next week, they might not win, so they have to improve. You have to get better every single week. And thank you to Mark Brown for the subscription. We appreciate that Uh, 100%. That is big. Thank you.
1: Welcome to the TCC, good sir. Uh, Look, it's going to be a lot of fun this week. We get a full recap show tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. So if you liked the reaction show, you liked what you saw here, stay tuned because tomorrow morning's recap show at 11 after face-off at 9 is going to be glorious. A lot of things to talk about some hot uh, block on the hot defensive players of the game, some straight beasts on offense, as well as potentially some hurt business inductees. You don't want to miss any of that. We'll see you all tomorrow at nine and then 11. Uh, and until then, 49ers fans in the cutback crew, make sure you stay safe. And remember the right way is always the, the 49ers 49. way.